The LA Clippers have played 80 games, and with just two games remaining, it bodes the question, should the Clippers win both of these games, or should they try to be strategic to get a potentially favorable matchup in the first round? But is it come in danger of going into play-in territory? Going to be talking about that and what it's going to take for the Clippers to potentially beat their likely first-round opponents on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, in my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper content. And of course, Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to comment. How badly you think the Clippers need to win these next two games? Do they need to win or should they try to win one, lose one? Let me know what your strategy is. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's new number one sports book. But we're going to get into all that good stuff, whether the Clippers should win or lose these last two games and what it's going to take, what few factors, I, should, I shouldn't say few factors, but what factors, what are some of the main ones that are going to be pivotal in the Clippers winning a first-round series against their likely first-round opponents, the Phoenix Suns. Let's talk about the first question. Should the Clippers win both of these upcoming games? Well, the Clippers are 42-38. and 38. They currently are in the fifth seed in the Western Conference with no chance of getting the fourth seed. The Golden State Warriors are also 42-38, and 38, and they are playing... As I speak right now against the Sacramento Kings and are up by 18 points with five minutes to go in the third. And I'm pretty sure the Kings rested a lot of guys. So it looks like the Warriors are going to win that game and take the lead back over the Clippers. But on Saturday afternoon with the Clippers playing a game against a G League team, basically, the Portland Trailblazers have already announced that they will be resting everyone. The Clippers, sh- and Clippers are not resting everyone. It's just Marcus Morris and Paul George out. And I will be talking about Marcus Morris' situation more at the end of the episode. But given that, the Clippers should come out and win easily. Kawhi Leonard should dominate. The other guys should get going. Hopefully make it two wins in a row coming off that Laker game. And it would just be really nice to potentially take a three-game winning streak into the playoffs but I'm not you know, counting my chickens before they hatch just yet. We need one game at a time, and the next game is that Portland game on Saturday afternoon. And I don't want to hear any excuses about an afternoon game and all this stuff. The Clippers got to go out there and take care of business. Point blank, this team is completely inferior. The Portland Trailblazers normally are completely inferior. The Clippers have had their way with them this entire season. They got to win this game. Go 43-38. and 38. That would surpass last year's record and would also surpass the 2018 Clippers record. But as I already have said on multiple occasion, occasions, they will not have a better record than the 2019 Clips, led by Lou Williams, Tobias Harris, Montrez Harrell, and Danilo Gallinari, and young SGA, who has just sealed his play-in spot 
uh, on Friday night. Congratulations to the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I don't know. It's kind of a weird feeling with the Thunder because I don't know if I want them to do well. Because on one hand, I love Shea Gilgis-Alexander and wanted him to be a great Clipper. Because we, we knew he was the best draft pick the Clippers have gotten since Blake Griffin. But we wanted him to succeed. Obviously got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that came with that. But they also have our picks. So it's like, I don't know. The Clippers will still be better than them this season. That's for sure. So that will be four years since the trade. The Clippers will have been better than them. Obviously, as time goes on, the trade becomes more favorable for the Thunder. But as of now, I still think the Clippers will have four better seasons than them. But congratulations to SGA. I wanted to put that out there. The Clippers, two-time in a row playoff foes in 2020 and 2021. The Dallas Mavericks will not be making it. And if I had told you guys that when Kyrie Irving came into Staples Center and beat the Clippers in his Mavs debut... I don't know if I would have had many people believing me, but it has happened. So for the Clippers, the answer is no. The Clippers need to win these games because let's say the Warriors take the lead and beat the Sacramento Kings. That would have them at a 43-38 and record, but the Clippers own the tiebreaker against the Warriors because they have a better division record. Both teams tied the season series two games to two. So if the Clippers beat the Atlanta Hawks, that would put them back in the fifth spot. So the Clippers control their own destiny. If they win both of the games, they will be the fifth seed. It gets a little tricky because of New Orleans. New Orleans is the team that has the tiebreaker over the Clippers. They're currently the seventh seed. And if the Clippers finish with 39 losses, 43-39 and 39 record, and the New Orleans Pelicans, who won on Friday night, all they got to do is win one more game, and they are 43-39 and 39 on the season. If they do that and the Clippers lose one more game, split these last two and go one and one, the Pelicans are now in the playoffs and the Clippers are in the play-in, and will likely be seeing the Lakers again. So it is extremely pivotal for the Clippers to win both of these games. If you play the Suns, look, that's what the that's the position that you put yourselves in. Paul George got hurt, but Paul George got hurt late in the season. We already know this Clippers season has been kind of a train wreck in terms of the regular season from the beginning. So for them to be the five seed playing an unfavorable matchup, I mean... Look, sometimes that's the way it goes. They didn't really put themselves in a favorable position throughout the year. The Denver Nuggets are the number one seed, and they've taken the regular season seriously from the beginning. They've obviously had better health than the Clippers, but they have approached the regular season differently. They have wanted to build good chemistry, good habits from day one, and they have done that. They used the beginning to get Jamal Murray and MPJ back into form. And look, the number one seed, they've gotten to rest the last couple of games. They're chilling. You know, whoever they play, they're going to play. The Clippers, not so comfortable. But coming up, I am going to be talking about what the key is against the Suns. I know a lot of people are a little intimidated, but I'm going to be talking about the main keys for this Clipper team. But before I do that, I got to tell you about Nissan and the most electric player of the week. And this week, I am going to go with Norman Powell. Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Norman Powell was electric against the Lakers. And electric is just one of the many adjectives to describe the Nissan Aria. Brilliantly fierce, just like Norman Powell, who attacks the rim with such force. Fiercely elegant, as Norm was, with that mid-range pull-up he hit late in that fourth quarter against the Lakers. Stunningly powerful. I mean, Norm, when he gets to the rim, he finishes through contact, as well as anyone in L.A. County. And the Nissan Aria delivers on duality, a combination of fierceness, 
and elegance, beautiful and strong. It's the perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one electric vehicle. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the electric vehicle for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right. The Clippers will very likely play the Suns if they win these two games. And to win these two games and to beat the Suns, two things have to be truer than anything. The defensive intensity of the Clippers has to be sharp for four quarters or attempt to be sharp for four quarters. We've seen two versions of this Clipper team this year. We've seen a team that sometimes locks in, really tries to play deep for four quarters, plays with effort, plays with intensity, communicates, doesn't mess around, and sets a tone. We saw that against the Dallas Mavericks in that one game uh, before Kyrie came at the Staples Center. We saw one of the games at Dallas that the Clippers won with Paul George and Kawhi. We saw one of those performances against the Warriors recently. We saw it against the Celtics earlier this season with a different version of the team. There are versions of this Clipper team that you look at and you think could potentially win a championship. But there are so often other versions where they're not locked in defensively. They're not high effort, high alert on that end of the floor. And it totally trickles down to everything else. But also when they don't make their threes, they start playing worse defense. And it's going to be tougher to score in the playoffs. They're not going to have Paul George. What can't waver is their defensive intensity. And that goes for each individual. Obviously, it's a team thing. So much of today's NBA defense is team defense. But it starts with each individual taking it upon themselves to be the best version of themselves on that end of the floor. We've seen good Russell Westbrook defensively, and we've seen bad Russell Westbrook defensively. I think we've seen good a little bit better, a little bit more than bad with the Clippers on that end of the floor. If he can be active in the passing lanes, take one-on-one challenges, fight over screens, I think he will be fantastic in the playoffs in his role. Norman Powell. We've seen at times lazy Norman Powell defensively. But against the Lakers, you see him bodying up. You see him moving his feet. You see him getting a block. That Norman Powell, we are going to need in the playoffs. Terrence Mann. We're going to need the Terrence Mann that does a better job getting over screens. It's never the effort with Terrence. But more than anything, I know what you're thinking. What we also need is Ty Lue to play defensive-minded guys. And obviously now he's got no Reggie. It seems like he's going to be no senior. And I'm going to end with senior at the last segment. But without those guys, he now has some choices. We're probably not going to have Paul George for the first round, at least to start the first round. So that's wiping out. Let's say you wipe out senior and Paul George. Now you have 10 players to decide to play. You have Russell Westbrook, Eric Gordon, Kawhi Leonard, Nicholas Batum, and Evita Zubats as your starting five. And then off the bench, you have Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, Mason Plumley, Bones Highland, Robert Covington, and I said Terrence Mann already, so I guess I may be forgetting somebody. But that's 10 players with Robert Covington, Mason Plumley, Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, and Bones Highland. That was 10. I think I did name 10. Coming off the bench, he, probably there's going to be one person left out because Tyus you know, signaled many times that he's going to lean towards a nine-man rotation. Kawhi's probably going to be playing like 37, 38 minutes a night in the playoffs, maybe even 40-minute average in that first round without Paul George. So 
I think Robert Covington may get some spot minutes, like three or four minutes at a time to give somebody a breather, but it's mostly going to be the four-man unit of, I think, Bones Highland, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, and Mason Plumley coming off the bench. And I honestly, you never know, though, with Ty Lue. He's pretty tricky sometimes. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Robert Covington, given the series is against a team like Phoenix, who lives in the mid-range, you're going to want to have some length against with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant to play Rocco more than Bones. Because the way Bones plays, if his shot's not falling, he may have a tougher time staying on the court. His game is not as playoff friendly. He's also a younger player, smaller player. I want to see Bones be effective in the playoffs. I mean, it's not like he's never played in the playoffs before. Last year, he caught my eye during game four, the game the Nuggets won. He was huge in the first half, uh, just you know, going crazy, heating up, street ball Bones style. And I think that you can see some of that if the Clippers do give him a chance in the playoffs, especially at home. He may have a game or two like that where he gets off, starts going nuts for a you know, couple-minute stretch. But overall, Robert Covington's game is more f- built for the playoffs. That being said, with the Suns playing a guy like Cam Payne, I think the Clippers could play the nine-man rotation that is Bones Highland instead of Robert Covington. And the main thing is going to be with those better defensive options, you just want to see Ty Lue avoid a couple things. One, the three-guard lineup. You don't want to see, and I'm not counting Terrence when I say that, you just don't want to see Russ, Bones, Norm, Eric, of those four, you don't want to see three of them on the court at once. The only exception you might be able to make is... If Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Josh Okoge are out there, for example, for Phoenix, you can go Norman Powell, Eric Gordon, and Russ because those guys can play up a little bit. They're strong. And considering the way Eric Gordon defended Devin Booker on that last nationally televised game, that's going to be even more reason for Eric Gordon to get more minutes in that series. But the main thing with Phoenix and why I don't think the Clippers fans should panic so much is, look, it's going to be tough to win any series without Paul George, but the Clippers matchup with Phoenix could be worse. They have the size and length to bother them getting over screens. What you got to do is fight over those screens and get a hand in their rear view with the mid-range. They also have switchable personnel. If the Clippers play a lot of their bigger wings, even if they don't play Rocco, but they can switch a lot, you got to have Nico Batum, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann. These guys need to be the best versions of themselves defensively one-on-one. We will see what they they are made of one-on-one in that series. And Ty Lue, as I said, is going to have to have a big series with rotations. And before I talk about, you know, the tricky things he can do, the schemes and all that, he first needs to just play the best players, play the players that deserve to be playing, play the defensive-minded players, because Phoenix defends not too badly. Everyone says they have no defense, but I don't know if they're really watching the games. Devin Booker is no slouch on defense. He hasn't been since Monty Williams got there. Chris Paul, with less of an offensive burden, can be better defensively, and I think that Westbrook-Chris Paul matchup is going to be really one to watch to see who's the better version of their aging selves. Kevin Durant is obviously a problem. He's 2-0 and in the playoffs against the Clippers with different teams, one with the Thunder, one with the Warriors. He's just unstoppable when he gets going. And, you know, another comment or question I, sh- I should have for you on YouTube for you to answer is how much do you think Kawhi Leonard should guard Kevin Durant? How much do you think they're really going to be guarding each other if we do play them? Because if the Clippers win out, which is what they should do, because that's you got to control your own destiny. If the Clippers win out, they guarantee themselves the fifth seed, and that will be playing against Phoenix. So that's what they have to do. It's just going to have to come down to that. Kawhi Leonard is probably going to have to guard KD. I think a good amount is the prime. I think you should honestly guard him the whole game as primary defender, but the thing is they're going to switch. And I think I would allow the switch. 
when it gets to like the fourth quarter, maybe then you don't allow the switch. But I would say start Kawhi on because who's Kawhi going to guard? Josh Okogie. So you make Eric Gordon and well, Nicholas Batum will probably be guarding Kevin Durant, and then I guess yeah, Eric Gordon on Booker. That's probably the best what they're going to do. And then Kawhi starting on Okogie, and then you switch one through four. I would absolutely hunt Westbrook if I was the Phoenix Suns in that, and then put him in the pick and roll with Zubats. That's probably what they're going to do a lot of. As far as Chris Paul, I'm not too concerned about him because Zubats did such a great job of literally just sitting on that right elbow that Chris Paul loves to shoot from coming off the screen. We saw him do it for so many years with us. Chris Paul going to his right is a totally different animal than going to his left. Going to his right, he gets to that right elbow and then fades and turns his body towards his right, squares his shoulders. It is absolute money. But Ivica Zubats does a really good job and did a really good job in that 2021 Western Conference Final of coming out and sitting at that right elbow and at least not only just taking away that shot, but when CP did get it off, a seven-foot hand right in his face. Or a seven-footer's hand right in his face. But it's not the worst matchup in the world. And the big advantage the Clippers have over the Phoenix Suns is the depth. You know, I don't want to take away from guys like Josh Akogi, Terrence Ross, Campaign, but they, they don't have a Norman Powell coming off the bench. Mason Plumley, I would take him over Bismack Biombo, honestly, but I don't think it's as much of a difference as people might think. However, guys like Terrence Mann coming off the bench, you know, guys like Bones Highland, Robert Covington, for example, would easily be playing in the Suns rotation. I just think the depth is where the Clippers have the Suns, even without Paul George. And looking at the Suns' schedule, like, yeah, they've won seven games in a row. And I, I want to check their stats with KD, how many games he's played for them. KD has played eight games for them and has won all of them, right? Six of the seven wins that they've gotten in this winning streak have been with KD. I believe, actually, no, five of them. He returned against the Timberwolves. They beat the Timberwolves. They beat the Denver Nuggets when they rested everyone. They got a good win at OKC. That was like a legit win. They beat the Spurs. Then they played the Nuggets again. And the Nuggets, I'm checking right now, pretty sure they rested everyone. Yeah, no Jamal Murray, no Michael Porter Jr., no Jokic. I mean, they got two wins against the Nuggets, like C, C and B teams. Like, the Suns with Kevin Durant, have not really been tested. Like, let's be real. They have not really been tested at all. The most competitive game they played was at Dallas on ABC. So, to be honest, if we're the the Phoenix Suns' first test as a real team, while we're more battle-tested, like, all the struggles that the Clippers have had this season, those build character. Like, those build knowing how to get out of adversity and being in the trenches with the squad... I think that is valuable experience together. I think the Suns, they have not been met with that adversity yet. So I think the matchup, I wouldn't be so down on it yet. Obviously, the Nuggets, if the Clippers do get by the Suns, is a problem. But we're not even talking about that. If the Clippers get by the Suns, that changes everything about the entire season because it's a momentum, a momentum boost that they have not felt. But I'm just saying this. The keys are going to be a couple things. Number one, I haven't even mentioned, which I should have, Kawhi Leonard. He has to be the best player in the series. There's no getting Even with the Clippers' depth, he has to be the best player in the series. He has to play really good defense. He has to average 30 points on over 45%, 45 or higher percent field goal. And just needs to be clutch. He needs to close the close games more often than not. He needs to be the best player in the series. Ty Lue needs to play the right players the right amount. 
Easier said than done. He needs to lock in on nine guys. If he feels like a big adjustment needs to be made, go ahead and make it. But he needs to be ready with nine guys, in my opinion, and play defensive-minded guys more. That's really what it comes down to. And then the players, the defensive intensity throughout games. There's no excuse in the playoffs. You have to be alert defensively or else you're not going to win, point blank. But coming up, Ty Lue has had a tough season, but part of it's because the Clippers have had too much depth and, it, depth, and it's been hard for him to figure out who's playing. And a guy that he has been so generous to, Marcus Morris, continues to be out. Going to be talking about him and his situation coming up. But before I do that, I got to tell you about FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line up point scores and threes drained. On Saturday, Clippers money line all day, every day. They have to win that game. They're going to win that game. The Hawks are too, or the Blazers are too short-handed. You've got to do it. It. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so the Clippers with two games left. The best record they can get is 44-38. and 38. And a big reason for that is that Ty Lue's had a tough year. He has had the problem of having too much depth. Maybe not exactly the roster that he wanted. Not getting his point guard for a long, long time. Marcus Morris has been a guy that has played more than deserved, in my opinion. It's just my opinion, and a lot of Clipper fans agree, that Marcus, after the first month or so, just his production fell off and he overstayed his welcome in the starting lineup. Point is, he was in the starting lineup too long. We've had so many stories about him, you know, initially hearing he was going to be taken out of the starting lineup when he was sat, ruled out for injury against the Warriors and the Sacramento Kings right around the time that Russ got here. But then we found out later that he wasn't injured at all. He comes back against Memphis when the Clippers are about to go down to their sixth straight defeat it would have been. And he was part of the comeback. He then starts as a part of a four-game winning streak, a couple of other bad games. Then we get the whole thing about he has a non-COVID-related illness, and then Nico Batum is now going to replace him in the starting lineup in the middle of a game that was announced. He didn't go on the road trip. Now he was in health and safety protocols, and now we're back. He's back in practice, and he has back spasms and has now missed two games in a row. It seems to me that I wasn't wrong after all. Clearly something happened. I think he's just refusing to suit up now. And I don't know what's going on. Maybe he is injured. Maybe he is. But this all just seems way too fishy. As I said, I would not expect to see him play minutes with the Clippers again. That's what I heard from multiple people. Maybe I'm wrong. But honestly, I hope I'm right. Not because I want Marcus Morris to be hurt. If he's actually hurt, I do want him to get well soon. But I just don't think he is. I don't know why he wouldn't be playing. I think there's a mutual agreement that he's not going to play. And it makes the Clippers a better team. You know, With Nico in the starting lineup, it's just been better basketball. It's just better process. Nicholas Batum, even when he goes one for seven, he contributes just like he did the other night. 
So that's my whole thing on that. I love Marcus Morris Sr. I thank him for everything that he's done. But right now, it seems like there's more going on with that situation than meets the eye. But what I love is that he's sitting there. He seems to be cheering on his guys. If he's actually injured, I apologize for everything I've said. Uh, I don't think he really is, though. It just seems too weird. But if he is, I'm happy that he's being a good sport. And maybe Ty Lue was right. Maybe he was all for it. <laughs> I just don't believe that part, that he was all for getting taken out of the starting lineup. I don't think many professionals would be. But... Just want to check what the record's been since we put Nico in the starting lineup. That was announced during the Bulls game. The Clippers are 2-2 two two since then. But you can't count that game against the Grizzlies where Kawhi got taken off at halftime. Like, it's just too weird. So, it's like, to me, actually, no, we're 3-1. and Because if you count the game that Nico started against the Bulls, that counts. So, 3-2. and two. I'm going to say 3-1 and because that Kawhi game was BS, but whatever. The Clippers have a huge game on Saturday against the Blazers, and I will be in attendance. It's going to be my last regular season game. And obviously, it's every Clipper fan's last regular season game, unless you're going to Phoenix. And the next, we'll see where it takes us. But I'll be there. I'll have a vlog on my channel. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper LA sports and NBA content. The playoffs are coming up, so I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff there with different content creators and locked on Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. You need to hit the notification bell so you know every time we post a video. Make sure to subscribe to all your friends, to all your Clipper fan friends, and other fan friends to come join us on the Clipper bandwagon because it's growing. And right now, we are currently moved up. We were 30th before the season, but now we are 25th as far as locked on NBA teams. And I need to pass locked on Hawks and Brad Rowland. So I need you to hit that subscribe button and go do your work. <laughs> Thank you for making Locked On Clippers your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Follow Locked On Game to Game. Man, I honestly just read that off the top of my head. I'm waiting for the damn thing to load, and it's not loading. It's being slow. But you get the point. Locked On NBA. Listen to it. Do your thing. Peace. Oh, wait, the age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. Duh.